Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Hey, we're so glad that you guys are here. If I haven't got the chance to meet you, my name's Noah. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, I just wanted to say thank you for coming out Sunday morning, man. It is so great to see you on this beautiful day, and uh, we've got an exciting message for you, if you can't already tell. Um, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. It's the week of Halloween, anybody? Does anybody get into Halloween? Woo! Some of you guys. But, hey, what, if, whether you get into Halloween or not, uh, uh, we're, we're going to have a little bit of fun today, and uh, I'm going to use an illustration that actually Jesus used in the Bible, so, uh, you know, just, just want to show you that. And, uh, but anyway, I just wanted to, before we get into the last week of our message series called Fake, I really just wanted to let you know about the next season the church is going into. And uh, it's a really important season, and I would love to get you guys all on board. Curtis mentioned earlier that we're starting a brand new teaching series next weekend called I Want to Believe But. I Want to Believe But. I don't know how many times I've talked to a person and they say, you know, I, I, I want to believe in God, but this happened. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've had plenty of those moments in my life as well to where I question whether I believed or not. And so I just want to encourage you. We're going to be answering questions all four weeks of November. We're going to be answering different questions, questions like, I prayed, but nothing happened. Why doesn't God answer my prayers? We're going to answer questions like, why do bad things happen to good people? And why do good things happen to bad people? They're really interesting questions, and, um, and I would explain them today, but that's for next week, all right? And uh, it's, it takes a little while to explain it, but I would love for you guys, if you know somebody, this is the perfect series to invite somebody to. We design our church calendar around uh, different events going on, and, and statistics show that people go to church near the holidays, right before the holidays. And so if you want them to come to church, uh, I would. This is one of those series that I really want to encourage you to invite someone. Invite someone that maybe doesn't believe in God, maybe someone who's been out of church for a while, um, whoever it might be. This is just a great series for a new person to come in, and uh, and we would love, we would love, love, love to pack the house through this series. It's going to be a really powerful series. I hope you're excited for it. I'm excited for it. It's going to be really, really great. That begins next weekend. Just so you know, we're going to have some cards on your way out. Grab as many cards as you want, and take them to work, put them at your desk, whatever you might do, and uh, take as many as you want and just hand them out. That's what they're there for. And so we would love for you to invite uh, somebody next weekend. That all starts next weekend. But um, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. We are in a series called Fake. And, uh, and this week, we're, we're in week number three. In the last couple of weeks, we've talked about what a fake Christian looks like and what a real Christian looks like. Today, we are just going to kind of tie it all together, and uh, like I said, I'm going to use a fun illustration that even Jesus used, but I just want you to know today that God has a message for you. I think we come in and we expect things like, well, you know, I, I think that we, we have the mentality to come into church and be like, wow, that was really good for my friend. Maybe I need to send them the podcast, you know, um, it, it, or so-and-so needs to hear this, you know. We, we have that mentality, but I believe that God has a message for each and every one of us. And you're here on purpose, and so uh, this morning, I just, I just wanted to let you know that. But 
I also wanted to ask you that, have you ever seen something that looks nice on the outside, but when you take a look at it on the inside, it's very, very different? What am I talking about? I, I've seen uh, the old pictures of, I don't know if this even happens, but um, it's really gross. I don't know if, have you ever seen the picture of like the worm inside the apple? Like, can you imagine biting into an apple and having a worm in it? Like, that is just disgusting. It looks nice. Maybe the apple looks nice on the outside, but it's very different on the inside. I, I, I got, I've got another picture, another example they're going to throw on the screen. Has anybody ever seen this game before? Bean Boozled, yeah, and uh, this Bean Boozled game, if you don't know what it is, if you like your jelly beans, and uh, it, it's just jelly beans that look exactly the same, but they taste very different on the inside. And so I'll, I'll give you, I wrote down some examples. Some of these jelly beans, some of these, it, it, you can pick one, I think the Tutti Frutti, they're like pinkish looking, and so they can either, or I think they're either pink or white, whatever they might be. It's either, you can either choose a Tutti Frutti, it could be tutti fruity flavoring, or it could be stinky sock flavoring. Or the peach one, everybody loves a, a, a peach jelly belly. could be peach, but you also have the risk of eating one that tastes like vomit. It's pretty disgusting. There's one that says chocolate pudding or canned dog food. It's really, really gross. And so this game is all about everything looks the same on the outside, but it's very different when you bite into it and you look at it on the inside. I don't know about you, but maybe you, we talked a little bit about last week about photoshopping things. Like maybe you photoshopped a picture with you. Maybe you've put like, maybe I know mom has one that you can put extra makeup on and cover your blemishes. Sorry to call you out, but you know, just the truth. We're real around here. All right. But, uh, <laughs> you cover your blemishes. I, I had one that made me look thinner one time and I looked good then. So I just kind of, <laughs> jump on the treadmill, I guess. But anyway, um, I, I, I don't know if you ever photoshopped a picture of yourself. Well, a couple years ago, I, I lived out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I was kind of lonely by myself. It was, it was Easter, and uh, <laughs> I, photo, I, I had my friend take this picture. It's in front of a photo booth, and I was like, we're just going to photoshop Emily into this picture. Y'all would have never known that that was photoshopped, right? Like, <laughs> me and Emily just hanging out, Easter service, Easter Sunday, yeah, 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 take that down. Yeah, I'm not proud of that one, but <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done something that silly. Maybe you photoshopped yourself with somebody and uh, what, whatever it might be. I've seen a lot of pictures of people like they photoshop themselves with celebrities and uh, they think they're all cool or, or maybe, <laughs> maybe when you were like in sixth grade, you photoshopped yourself with the girl that you liked, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be. Uh, it's funny times, man. But anyway... It's very different. It, like, the Photoshop picture is obviously fake. I want to point out this casket here. Obviously, this casket looks like one thing on the outside, but it's very different on the inside. On the outside, it looks clean. It looks fine, I guess. It just kind of looks like, I guess you could say it looks like a piece of furniture or something, but... It looks fine on the outside, but you know that when you lift the lid, all it is is a home to a dead person. And now today there's nobody in here, so just so you know. It's okay. It's very, it's okay. But regularly, it's just a home to a dead person. That's all a casket is. And so when you lift the lid, it looks one, it looks one way on the outside, but when you lift the lid, 
It's very different on the inside. And Jesus actually used this illustration I'm going to show you. But Jesus went around. If you don't know much about Jesus, Jesus went around and talked a lot about fake people. In fact, I would say that Jesus hated fake people. Really disliked fake people. Everywhere he went, he seemed to, this theme came to, came up about being fake. And so in Jesus' time, let me explain this a little bit. There was a group of people who looked a certain way on the outside. But when you lifted the lid and when you looked on the inside of their life, it was very, very different. The story today is from Matthew 23, verses 27 through 28. It says this. This is Jesus talking. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, hypocrites. It's a strong words here. For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurities. Outwardly, you look like relig- you look like the you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy, lawlessness. I want to read it to you also from the message version. I don't read from the message version very often. But I just think the message version paints a really beautiful picture of what it says. It's not in your notes, and it's not going to be on the screen, so you're going to have to listen to this one. Um, here's what the message says, the same verse. You're, you're hopeless, you religion scholars and you Pharisees, frauds. You're like manicured grave plots, grass clipped and the flowers bright, but six feet down under, it's all rotting bones and worm-eating flesh. People look at you and think you're saints beneath your skin, you're total broads. I think it's a crazy picture that Jesus paints for us. Jesus is telling the Pharisees, these religious people, these religious fake people of the day, that they're just like this casket. They look fine on the outside, but if you would dig any deeper into their lives, It's just rotting bones, rotting flesh. There's nothing good on the inside. And so he's talking about that these people are so obsessed with appearing beautiful. They're so obsessed with appearing like they have it all together. How many of you know that somebody who is obsessed with having it all together? I know myself, I am a little obsessed with having it all together. And uh, and I'll freely admit that, that if anybody ever comes to my house... I have to like deep clean the house and make sure every, you know, you got your couch pillows or whatever in the right area or whatever it might be. And and so they're obsessed with what it looks like on the outside. But on the inside, just total frauds. And so it was like, it would be like if you would polish this coffin. If you would, if you would just take this, if you would just take the outside of this coffin and, and if that's all anyone ever seen, of this thing. It's also like you photoshopping yourself with Jesus. Maybe you photoshop yourself with Jesus every Sunday. You come to church every week and you say, all right, I'm with Jesus. Here he is. And then you go home and nothing sticks. He's not there. You're rotting on the inside. That's what it's like. And so I believe that as we end this series, I believe that fakeness is a disease. Everybody say disease. And so there's signs and symptoms of being fake, just like there is for a disease. And so 
Today we're going to answer the question, what is the solution of fakeness? When you walk out of here today, I hope you know the solution to fakeness, how to be real, essentially. And so, I believe there's two people here this morning. The first person, I believe, maybe you've experienced a relationship with Jesus at one time. Maybe you went to a concert, maybe you went to a conference, maybe you went to church, maybe you had an encounter with the Lord driving on your way home and with the music on or I don't know what, what it might be. Maybe you, you've had an encounter with Jesus, but then over time you decided that you'd rather hang out with your friends, your girlfriend, the, go to the party, whatever it might be, rather than spend time with Jesus, but you still try to keep the appearance of godliness on the outside. You try to appear like the perfect Christian. Try to keep that appearance. Or maybe you're like person number two. Person number two, they grew up in church. Maybe you know all the Christianese. You've been to church before. You know the language of Christians. But on the outs, but on the inside, it's never ever been real or personal for you. Can I tell you I was like that at one time? I grew up as a Christian. But on the inside, nothing ever changed. I was a Christian because I was a Christian, I guess. There was nothing on the inside that ever changed. And so I believe this morning there's there's these two types of people here, people who maybe experienced a relationship with Jesus at one time and maybe people who have never, ever experienced a relationship with him. And so the question I want you to ask yourself this morning is, am I fake? Turn to your neighbor and say, am I fake? Am I like this coffin? Are you like this coffin on the outside? Are you like this casket on the outside? Everything beautiful on the outside, but a total fraud on the inside. And so, like I said, we're going to look at the signs and symptoms. Here's, here's a couple signs of fakeness. Let me show you this in Matthew 6, 1 through 2 and verse 5. It says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. And when you pray, you must, go, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and to pray in the synagogues. And at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. So Jesus is talking about these fake people. This coffin-style Christianity. He's telling us that the people look a certain way on the outside. They go to the street corners and they project the religious thing on the street corner. Oh, I love Jesus so much. I love Jesus. They hold the, they hold the, I love Jesus sign. They wear the I love Jesus hat and the t-shirt and everything else. And they look a certain way on the outside, but on the inside, there's nothing there. And they warn us that on the outside, they project a certain type of Christianity. But Jesus said that the sign of being fake is when you do good things to be seen by others. Are you doing a good thing just to be seen by someone else? Or are you doing it because you love Jesus? Because I can tell you that if you just do good things to be seen by others, it's not going to work. It'll never, ever work. In fact, I, it, it'll, it'll leave you exhausted. It's what it's all about. 
And so these people, these Pharisees, these religious people, they did all the right things with the wrong motivations. I wonder if you do all the right things but have the wrong motivation behind it. You see, it's great to go to church and it's great to do all the right things, but I wonder if you do it for the wrong reason. I wonder if you do it just to be seen by others. Let me ask this question. Would you be here this morning if it wasn't for other people? Would you be here this morning if it wasn't for your mom or dad? Be here this morning if it wasn't for your boyfriend or girlfriend or so, so-and-so could see you? Are you here for the right reasons? Are you just here to be seen by others? If no one else was here, would you still be here? And so that's some of the signs of being fake. But let me show you the symptoms. There's a lot of symptoms to being fake. And basically, what does it feel like to be fake? And I hope this registers with you because I, I wrote these down from just experience. What does it feel like to be fake? I wrote down three things I think are very important. The first one is you have no peace. Fake. You have no peace. It's crazy. If you're a fake Christian, if you have this casket-style Christianity, you have no peace. You have no peace because you're trying to be someone on the outside that you're not on the inside. You're trying to be someone on the outside that you're not on the inside. And let me tell you that that's exhausting. When you have to put on a face everywhere you go, it is exhausting. I was there. I've been there to where I was the Christian kid. I had to put on a face everywhere I went. And it didn't mean anything to me on the inside. When I prayed prayers, they didn't mean anything to me on the inside. I just prayed them because I was supposed to. Listen, that's not the life to live. That was so exhausting. It's exhausting. It is exhausting to be fake. Another thing, another symptom What does it feel like to be fake is you have no passion. When you're fake, you have no passion about what you're fake about. How many of you would say you're a dog person in here? How many of you would say you're a cat person? Now, see, I really like dogs, but can I tell you I really don't like cats, and I'm passionate about that. I'm a dog person. I got a little shih tzu. I wish I would have brought a picture, but uh, I got a little shih tzu, but... The cat thing just drives me insane. I'm sorry, all cat people, but I, it seems like just cats, like dogs, they just want to love you and everything else, and cats are just meow, and, <laughs> and they're just there, and, and I don't, sorry. But I am passionate about dogs, and I'm passionate about not liking cats, I guess. And, and so when, when, when you're not fake, you have passion. I'll tell you another one, and, and this might shock you, and I don't know, maybe it'll shock you, maybe it won't shock you. I really dislike country music. I'm sorry to all you country music fans, but country music, like, and I'll tell you the funny story. Emily loves country music. Emily's my girlfriend. She loves country music, and every time, almost every time I get in the car, she got the country music blaring, and it's like she knows that I just despise it, and uh, anyway, I don't know why I don't like country music, but I just don't like country music, and I am passionate about it. Because I guess, I, I mean, if you don't know, if you don't know the backstory about me, I grew up uh, on a farm down in Jacob, and my dad's a farmer, and, 
And every country music seems to have something to do with tractors, ladies, and beer. And uh, <laughs> I never saw that from my dad. I guess we were just the classier farmers or something. I, <laughs> I never saw a lady out on the big old tractor or whatever it might be. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I just don't like country music. And, but I'm passionate about it. I can give you a reason why I don't like country music. Another thing I like is Duke basketball. I love Duke Blue Devil basketball. Yeah, amen. And uh, <laughs> I really, I really, really dislike North Carolina, but Duke is awesome. And so, and so I cheer, I cheer for Duke every year. As something that I'm not very passionate about is football. I'm getting there, everybody. Say praise the Lord. I'm starting to understand football, but I don't know. I still can't watch, sit down and watch a full game of football, but I'm getting there. So I guess that means I'm just getting older. And then another thing that I'm just not passionate about would be like rugby. Like I just like who likes rugby? I don't know. But anyway, when you're passionate about something, it shows. You don't have to be exhausted. You see, I can force myself to be passionate about something, but at the end of the day, it's not who I am on the inside. When you're passionate about something, it's who you are. It's who you are on the inside. And so when you say yes to Jesus and when you say yes, yes, I'm, I'm passionate about my walk with God. It's who you are on the inside. And when it is who you are on the inside, it comes out and it shows and it's just visible to everybody else. You don't have to put on a face every morning. Can I tell you that when I wake up, and this is something just so silly, but when I wake up, I don't dread doing my devotion anymore. I remember when I was, when I was in the phase where it was like, oh, I guess I gotta wake up and pray and do my devotion. Now I look forward, I get up and I'm like, man, what is God wanting to speak to me today? That should be the relationship you have with Jesus. What is God wanting to speak to me today? And maybe you're not there yet because I understand you, you can, you can follow Jesus and still not like to wake up and read. Trust me. <laughs> I'm one of those people. Uh, but, uh, anyway, maybe you're not there yet. But it grows, and it grows, and, and when you have it on the inside, it just naturally comes out. That's what it's like. You have passion about it. Same way with your Christianity. When you have no passion, you, you can force yourself to come to church and do the right thing. If you're honest with yourself. You're not passionate about it. You don't care whether you're there or not. So that's a symptom of being fake. And, and the last one that I want to talk about this morning is that you have no power. Just like a car without an engine, so is a fake Christian. You don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The verse that we've, we, we've read for the past two weeks was, it said something like this, having the appearance of godliness, but de- denying its power. When you have the appearance of godliness, but you deny its power. And so some of us are here this morning, and we have the appearance of godliness. We know the right things to say, but we're lacking the power that comes with it. I don't know if you know it, but God gives you power when you accept him. He gives you, he gives you love, joy, peace, patience. He gives you the fruit of the Spirit when you accept him. You have this unnatural power. And so a good litmus test for you this morning would be, if you're, if you're wondering whether you have power or not, or whether you're fake or not, here's what I wrote down. When was the last time God did something powerful in and through you? When was the last time God used you to do something? And if you can't answer that question, I would go as far as saying that maybe you've been living a fake life. Maybe it hasn't been 
totally fake, but maybe you've got a little bit. But when was the last time God used you to do something? When was the last time God used you to do something powerful? And so if you struggle to answer this question, you might be fake. If you can't remember, you might also be fake. Let me tell you that this was me. On the outside, I was clean, but on the inside, I was dead. I'm going to ask the band to come. And as they come, I just want to share a personal story that I realized that one day I was fake. And this is why this series has been so passionate. I've been so passionate about this series because, can I tell you, I've lived through this. And I think it's the best to preach from experience. And, and I've, I've lived through being a fake. And I've lived through having a fake life. And I remember it was, uh, there was one time in small groups where I, I was in a small group and um, I had come to know these guys that I was with and had trusted them, and, uh, and we were just talking about general things. And I don't know what got a hold of me, but I just felt like, I was like, guys, I've, I've got to confess something to you. And I remember saying these words. I remember, I remember saying, <laughs> I've been a full-time pastor and a part-time follower of Christ. And I wonder if you've ever been full-time mom, full-time dad, full-time husband, full-time student, part-time follower. It's an eye-opening moment when I said that. And I tell you that, and I just tell you this, because if you're not in a small group, it is important for you to be in a small group. Small groups are important. And when you are able to come and, and say stuff like that and get to know somebody and, and trust them with that, it changes your life. Can I tell you, it changed my life. It's so important. On the outside, I was clean, just like that coffin. I was clean. But on the inside, I was dead. I asked myself, do I really love Jesus anymore? And so... I want to present to you this morning a solution. What is the solution of being fake? What do I do? It comes from Revelation 3, 1 through 3. Revelation 3, 1 through 3, it says, I know your works, but you have the reputation of being alive. But you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and what is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what hour I come against you. You see, Jesus wants to challenge us to repent and confess to somebody else, like I was talking about in small groups. If you're serious about change, you will confess to somebody else. If you're serious about living right, you will talk to somebody else. You'll talk to somebody else. And so if you would, if you would do all the right things and no one else would see it, would you still do it? Matthew 6, verse 6, it says, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I wonder, how about this week? We don't do anything in order to be seen by others, but we do them in order to be seen by God. I wonder if you would do something in order to be seen 
by God instead of other people. I wonder if you would look in that coffin this morning, in that casket this morning, would you see yourself? Would you evaluate? Would you say, have I been living a fake life? And maybe your whole life you've been fake. And maybe you've never, ever prayed to accept Jesus. But let me tell you that our God is in the business of bringing dead people back to life. That's his business. That's his power. And so this morning, you maybe you're dead and fake on the inside. And as we close this fake series, maybe you say, I want to be alive. I want to accept Jesus for the first time. Maybe you want to accept him again after a while, whatever it might be. God can bring dead people back to life. Listen, you can't do enough good things to become a good, become a Christian. Your good things don't matter. I hate to tell you that, but your good things don't matter to God. God loves you and he sees you right where you're at. In fact, Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, this last verse here, it says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. And so by grace, you've been saved. And so this morning, maybe you've never been alive, but that's God's job to bring the dead people back to life. That's what he did to me. And that's what he wants to do for you this morning. And so as we close this fake series, I just want to challenge you. What does a real Christian look like? A real Christian has peace A real Christian has passion, and a real Christian has power. This morning, you can get that. You can get that peace, that passion, and that power. This morning, I want to move you from the coffin to the cross. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? This morning, I don't want to live without peace and passion and power anymore. It's not a life worth living. And it's not a life worth you living. So this morning, if you say yes to Jesus, say yes, I'm going to follow you. Listen, it's not going to be just an easy road after that. Things are still going to happen. But this morning, if you say, I want to follow Jesus, all we're going to do is we're just going to pray a prayer together corporately because we all believe this. And all the prayer says is, Jesus, I give you my life. I make you my Lord. And so we're going to pray this, and this morning, I wonder if you join me in praying this. Everybody say, Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. I want that peace that passion, and that power. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.